Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mies Tech Missions podcast. And today I'm just going to be interviewing the ladies about some listener questions that we've had about what got them into missions. How did they know that they were fit for missions? How did they know maybe they were supposed to come to Mexico specifically? Things like that. And so I just wanted to start off with our first question. So Dodie's going to take this one. Dodie, did you have any specific signs that were special to you in your calling? Maybe like, oh, like, oh, well, I saw this out while I was shopping and it made me feel like, oh, I need to go to Mexico or, oh, I need to go to Colombia or wherever. Do you, do you have any special things like that? Because I feel like a lot of our people at home, while they're looking for where they want to go on the field, they end up seeing things where God has moved in their life. Did you happen to have any specific areas that God moved in your life that pushed you towards working with the IMB and specifically working in Mexico? Um, well, yes, I would say there was a series of a lot of different things, but there's not like one big thing that just sticks out as being super unique. Um, in my call to missions, there were several things leading up to that I, as a young girl, I had felt a call to ministry and had a heart for missions um, and missionaries, but never really had traveled that much and always kind of had the desire to, but never the opportunity to. And so whenever I had um, graduated college, I decided to take a semester and do that because I had never been overseas. And so I looked for opportunities to serve purposefully overseas because I had always had the heart to, like I said, but didn't really know what, what it would be like. And so, I mean, if I were to say to anyone, if you're feeling like maybe led in that direction, just go on a trip, you know, just try it out. If you haven't been, then you're never going to really know. Um, and so you can start small. You can start with a, a, week trip and couple week trip or then a month or a semester. But, um, yeah, for me, it was just, um, a series of events feeling led to be in ministry, but then God kind of channeling that more towards missions and opening doors, um, for both my husband and I to go specifically to Peru. And then here in Mexico, um, it was, yeah, again, just God opening the doors. We were looking for, um, a new place to serve. And, um, someone told us about this job and had us in mind and actually had been praying and God kind of put us on his heart. And so that was just, you know, I would say be sensitive to the other people in your life and, and what they're saying to you. And maybe, um, if they're encouraging you to do something, if they're spirit led and they see something in you that maybe, you don't see as clearly, um, just to listen to that. And maybe, um, God could be using them to speak to you. Perfect. Olivia, did you happen to have any cool examples of how God moved in your life that made you excited and sure that you wanted to come to the field in Mexico? Um, yeah. So specifically, well, let me back up and say, I would agree with, um, just what Dodie was saying that, I think seeing all the many small and some big things that God was pointing out in my life um, and what he was just showing me and revealing to me through his word, through others um, and different experiences leading me up to Mexico. Um, but I do think 
the first one that kind of stands out in my mind is, so I'd wanted to um, support my church by going to something that the IMB offers, which is called Missions College, um, and go and just learn a little bit more about the IMB and uh, what exactly they do and what the work looks like and um, relay that back to my church back home. And so while I was there during missions college, I learned a lot. And so I would definitely recommend that to anyone out there who's interested and maybe your church doesn't um, just really have clear answers or um yeah, clear answers on what the IMB does and, and the inner workings of it. And so I would just say Missions College is a, a really great opportunity for anyone in the church to go and to hear all about the work and job opportunities and about um, different places to serve across the world. And so I went and I got to see really amazing things um, and just what the Lord is doing through the IMB. And so that kind of um, open my eyes and my heart more to the company itself. Um, but then actually at that conference, I met the Glovers and, um, that I would say was the beginning of God prompting me towards Mexico, um, specifically. And so that is actually where I met my future team leaders. So pretty cool story there. Yeah, that's super, super interesting, like how God works that out, because I feel like when you're looking, when you're praying for things, like God will give you these little, little things that are, they seem like to everyone else, they're like, oh, that doesn't make sense that that would be what pushed them to go on the mission field. But like to some of us, like those little things that God puts in our life to um, push us is it makes total sense to us because we've been praying about those things. So Laura, what were some signs for you and um and Daniel as you decided to move your family to the field and what were some of those interesting things that God pointed out to you yeah court um um we for us it was um lots of bits and pieces um I mean we can both we didn't know each other growing up Uh, we met in seminary but um we can both say that there were lots of bits and pieces lots of um uh, little breadcrumbs along the way to kind of lead us to missions um, all along the way. And um, I can say it, without some of those, we, we wouldn't have been as inclined to be uh, well inclined as willing and as maybe eager, as excited to do missions. So I think what Dodie said about paying attention to the people around you, you know, I, I think I think just being open and receptive, maybe this is the Lord you know, putting just a, um, a small taste of what it is like to die to yourself and love others. Um, and, um, and those, those are all, all the little bits and pieces along your life that the people that God puts in your life, I mean, um, good and bad. I mean, it's just all sanctifying to, uh, to make you, um, perhaps a missionary someday. Um, for us, yeah, bits and pieces, um, and for Daniel and myself, it's the same, some of them, and some of them are completely different. Um, but, uh, and I will say, I mean, for us, when, when we said yes to missions, we, um, we didn't, when we said yes to missions through the International Mission Board, we didn't have a clear go here. We didn't really know. Um, I also was sitting at the table with Olivia that day at Missions College, and we thought the Glovers were just there for the conference. To other, you know, we didn't realize they were IMB employees, and we were just... Uh, I'm be missionaries. We were just chit chatting and 
yeah, who are you? Where are you from? Tell us about your life. And, and the more we kept saying, the, the more things just kind of seemed to uh, like a divine appointment. And, um, and Daniel and I were really excited about that. Um, we were open to that, but we also wanted to, to know that we, we wanted to know that we know. Um, and, um, so we looked at all, I mean, we, we looked all over all the affinities and, um, one even actually said, you, you really, I don't really think you belong here <laughs> basically because our experience and our desires didn't fit with their job opening. So, I mean, we literally were told we you don't belong here, <laughs> which was actually kind of nice because we could just cross that one out and keep looking. Um, so, um, but the more we looked, you know, this, this right here, it just, it was just in bits and pieces along the way, just being open and pursuing what opportunities there were and the door uh, the door gets shut uh, shut the lord closes the door on that and so okay i mean in that that's a heart thing we're in our hearts we have to be willing to accept that and go and look where else and be excited um being open and um that 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 allows us to allowed us to be excited about what when the doors stayed open um and so we we looked around and then um and the Lord just kept pointing us back to this team. So I think of, for us, we didn't have a clear direction. Uh, it was just small pieces here and there, similar to our call to mission in general. But um, for others, I, I know people who, in, in seminary, my neighbor in the dorm, she she was called to the to work with the um, to work with Muslims, and she, I mean, for a long time um, while she was in seminary, she was just very passionate and she was focused on that people group, on a certain people group, and and um, and it was great. And other people, they know that they're going to go to a certain place, and praise God. Um, but I want to say for those that are like me, it's okay if you don't know. It's okay. The Lord, uh, maybe the Lord just wants to see y- you trust him, and you just see what opportunities you have laid out, and you pray, and sometimes the Lord says this and only this, and other times the Lord says, you get to pick, and um, and trust me when it doesn't work out. And um, so um, I, th- I think it, it goes in, in different ways for different people. Awesome. So, yeah, so really putting yourself in the position to, like, not only see those doors open, but also putting yourself in the position to hear advice from other people on what you should choose or putting yourself in a position of prayer to really accept uh, the doors that God's laid open for you in in your life. So yeah, Lydia, what do you have for us? Yeah, Laura, I love that concept of the breadcrumbs. Thinking back to my call to missions and then specifically to Mexico, I can just see that the Lord used so many of the little breadcrumb moments to prepare me and shape me um, for what he has me doing here in Mexico with this specific team. I think that, like, I'm thinking about my first call to missions or when I really knew that the Lord was calling me to live a life on missions on the field, even though I didn't know where that would be or what that would look like. I feel like he just gave me such a confidence that I was called and such a discontentment with just living a life of the American dream. Like, I knew that the Lord wanted me to go to the field. and I knew that he wanted me to, when I was in college, study something that would be beneficial for the field. When I was involved in my church, to be involved for the aspect of preparation for the field. Like I was content to serve him in the States, but at the same time I knew in my heart that he was calling me to something different. And at that point I didn't know where that was or what it looked like. I did a lot of short-term mission trips when I was in high school. Um, Went on my first trip when I was 14 and just every single trip of that and moment that I was serving on the field, it was further confirmation that the Lord was calling me to that. 
but I had no idea what that looked like long term like at all and so it was just really cool to see how looking back I can see how the Lord had his hand in all of it when I was going on these mission trips I only really ever had the opportunity to go to mission trips in the Americas I didn't really understand why like I wanted to go to other places in the world I just never had the opportunity um and so when it came time for me to do that journeyman application, come as a journeyman, and I, I went as a hands-on student before this, I didn't really want to go to the Americas, honestly. I was like, okay, like, I've been to the Americas. I want to go somewhere else. But just looking back at it, I can see how the Lord used every single moment that I was serving him in the Americas to prepare me to serve him more in the Mexico, specifically with his team. And just seeing how the Lord also used me through involvement in my church and involvement in the ministry in the States, involvement with um discipleship and kids ministry and evangelism all these aspects that are just so influential in the way that I'm able to do ministry here it's just really neat to see how the Lord I think gives guidance in every moment in his perfect timing like I didn't know that this one little step was going to lead me to the next step to the next step to the next step um just like they were all talking about the Lord opens doors and he closes doors and a lot of times that's how we can see where he's leading us and guiding us is through prayerful watch of where he's leading and where he's working. And so when I was going on all these mission trips, I only ever went to the Americas. Um, I did a lot of like kids ministry, church planting, indigenous work, all the things that we're literally doing here with our team. But I didn't understand it at the moment, how the Lord was going to use that and further confirm my calling and give me a love for the people here, the Mistec people through my experience with these indigenous communities in Honduras and then in Mexico and Costa Rica as well. Yeah, totally. It sounds like for all of you, those, those, uh, short-term mission trips were super influential. So if you're listening, I would just advise you to really get involved with those. I remember when I got the email to possibly come serve here, I had a Africa trip lined up and like two weeks after I had gotten the email and I was like, Oh, well, if I can do Africa, like for this long, I can totally like like if I feel confident, I can totally do that. And so I feel like building up kind of a tolerance and um, a love for missions through those short-term mission trips and short-term mission trips are super hard because sometimes you can't always see the end result of your work. And then also they're pretty brutal. Like everyone knows that you are pretty much going from sun up to sun down on those. So as we move on to the next question, go back around, I just wanted to ask you guys, um, what are some things that you had to overcome as you were um, preparing to come to the field? What are some things that you maybe had to pray through? I know for me, I agree with Lydia. Uh, the American dream thing, I went and got to listen to a sermon um, and the pastor was just like nailing that down was like the American dream is not what God ultimately always has for us. And like sometimes, yeah, it's great for you to settle down with the family. Um, but other times God calls us out um, in certain seasons to go out and be by ourselves and go serve in the field um, with teams that maybe people, we have no idea who they are. Um, and so that was something that I had to overcome. But Lydia, what were some things um, maybe you had to pray through um, before you came to the field? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the things I had to really pray through and work through coming to the field is leaving my family. And it sounds like a really like human thing to struggle with, but it's true. It's hard to think about leaving the people that you love so much and that you're with all the time to go to a community that you don't know anybody, a community that doesn't have any believers. They don't have a church with a team that you've never met. Like all these aspects were super challenging to think through. Um, and it was something I really had to surrender is that Lord, I'm, 
I'm leaving my family and I love them and I want to be with them. Um, but it's just really cool to see how the Lord's been faithful in that and that now there is believers here. Now I have brothers and sisters in Christ and now I have teammates who have turned into my family. And so it's cool to see how the Lord's used those challenges and he's grown me in that and my dependence on him. All right. That's a good one, Lydia. I don't know if mine's that good. Um, um, okay. So yeah, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't think of, I can, I have something. Um, but as far as having to, uh, being willing to sell things and let go of things, um, the hardest thing for me was, um, kind of grieving over what I knew my kids were losing, what my kids were leaving behind. Um, when we left the States, we, um, had, um, we, they're still there. They're still our, our good friends and good support system, but we saw them all the time, every week, multiple times a, a week. And, um, but we had a good support system for our homeschool and, um, and for life within our church. And so, um, it, what I grieved, what, what I struggled with letting go of to come out of the mission field, what I had to overcome was just the sadness and the grief, uh, the loss of what I knew my kids were leaving behind because they had those things and, um, and I knew that they weren't going to have those things where we were going. Um, one thing I didn't know is what they would have where, where we are now, you know? And, um, so, um, there are many great gifts that, um, I wish when I was struggling with that, that I was able to know. And, and I did know, you know, the Lord promises to, to have, to, to, um, uh, take care of us and, um, and his plans are good for us, but I didn't know. (laughs) Um, um, but for me, as far as selling things and and letting things go and leaving things behind, um, uh, I I just want to say again about the bits and pieces, the breadcrumbs along the way, the sanctification along the way. For us, two years before we, or a year before we uh, went on the mission field, um, for the first time, we had just adopted twins. Um, we have twins when Emily and Allison were, I think, eight eight years old, eight or nine years old. Um, we adopted um, Joy and Jonathan. And um, I got to tell you, that that prepared me for the mission field. And I do, I'll have days on the mission field and I look at, and I, I, I look back at that time and I think, wow, I, I, that's, I learned that. I needed to learn that then to, for this. And, um, you know, I think for all of us, we all have things that we have to put our yes on the table with and we, um, we can't see past that, but the Lord is, is doing something in that and also beyond that. And so, um, the Lord taught me a lot when our, with our adoption uh, process of things that you had to, um, I mean, we had, uh, yard sales to raise money for adoption and I had to give up some really precious things. Um, so, um, I think that sanctified me and prepared me for going onto the mission field and, um, and even still the overcoming the, the grief of what my children, what I knew my children, my children didn't really understand, which is God's grace. But, um, what I, what I knew they were going to have to, to leave behind and, um, um, God was still uh, gracious in that, sanctifying in that and teaching me even still that he still has great things for them where they are going. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like it's really easy. Like maybe looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. But in the moment, it's all, often easy to like underestimate God's goodness in your life. And like I really felt like I was going to be leaving a ton of things behind. Um, but ultimately, when it was came time to decide if I was going to like stay, I was like, oh, well, why wouldn't I stay? Like, that makes total sense. And so, like, the things like that that God puts in our lives uh, to make us more comfortable in the field definitely make it easier. But it is still hard when we leave. So, Olivia, what did you have to overcome when you were leaving the States to come to the field? Um, well, oddly enough, this is the first thing that popped in my mind. Um, and if you know me, I feel like you would say, this is definitely not something I just think about. But I'm the youngest of three and my older sister um is happily married and her husband is wonderful he's a good godly man um and I just love them and they have um four expecting a fifth child on the way they've been married I don't know maybe six or seven years so um that is my older sister and um just knowing the gift that my parents get to experience through having grandchildren um, and even a son-in-law, even though he can be um, very different from my family at times, but we love him so much. Um, And so the first thing that popped in my mind was when I was still in college and thinking about um, missions and just what the Lord was calling me to, um, something that I'd never really dwelt much upon was marriage Um, and so, you know, finishing up college, thinking about where is God calling me to, I feel called to ministry. What does that look like? Um, and like we've all shared just following those steps that were opening up and what God opened up for me, um, first was to serve through my church. And so that seemed pretty easy to go and serve through my church for a year, almost a year and a half. Um, and fresh out of college and again, not thinking about marriage. Um, but then after my time serving overseas and having watched a lot of my friends from a far distance, um, all of them, you know, on social media, they're getting married, they're engaged, they're having their first child, they bought a house, they have a career job, um, all of these things returning back to the States, um, for a season, just, I don't want to say amplified in a bad way, but it was present. It was no longer on a distant social media page that I could turn the screen off. It was right there in front of me. Um, Hanging out with friends was now, you know, my girlfriends and their husbands, um, or they can't do this because they have kids. And so it just was different, um, but not bad. It was all good and I'm thankful for it. Um, But in considering, you know, God's call on my life to continue in missions, one of the big questions was, was thinking about the commitment, um, that I was willing to make with signing up for another term to remain single. And so now, um, I'm 28 on the field and, um, I just want to encourage people who are out there listening, um, that I don't know, like, again, it's not something I dwell upon about marriage, but thinking about that is a sacrifice for 
people of whatever age, um, you're committing to X number of years in a different country of people with a different culture and language. Um, and there are rules set in place to protect our hearts, um, in, in a variety of ways so that, um, yeah, so that your, your mind is focused on what God has called you to in ministry and not being, um, distracted by pursuing relationships in that way. And so, um, that was just something that before taking this, this opportunity here in Mexico that I really had to deal with in understanding and feeling affirmed by the Lord. And he provided some really, um, strong examples and affirmation in my life. And it was, I mean, that's something that sometimes just pops back into my head that, um, I can look around and maybe feel discouraged or out of place amongst the norm in America, but knowing confidently that no, God gave me examples and um, he did call me here to Mexico and he did call me to currently, you know, still a life of singleness and I am content in that. And so just wanting to encourage anyone out there who's listening that um, that is okay and there are tons of other people of all ages, um, male and female who are serving single. Um, and I just think about, um, a lady that I met at training who is, I think she's 70 or 71 now. She has served in, I don't know how many countries and I can't even tell you the correct number in places, but I mean, I would say at least 12 countries minimum. Um, with the IMB and she has so much experience and just a strong love for the Lord. Um, She was the sweetest, sweetest lady at my training and she's still on the field, I'm sure. Um, And she has just committed her entire life to serve in all of these places, all of these different people in so many languages. Um, And that's just an example. You know, I'm I'm 28. She's 70, 71. Recently, I've met other singles who are 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, And so it's just encouraging to me to know that there are so many um, singles serving. Um, And I would say another little quick thing is that you could listen to missionary biographies um, or read some about people who have served in the past and the things that they've given up or that they gave up to serve God and, um, take their example and hold that close to you when you're considering serving, um, overseas, just knowing that you're not alone, that so many people have done it and are doing it, um, in a variety of ways. That's awesome. That's very encouraging. Thank you for sharing that. And that's one of the very, very hard things, um, to just trust God in is like, looking forward several years it's like what will my life look like when i'm off the field and that's something that you really just have to trust god with and so thank you for sharing that olivia Dodie, what do you have for us um i would echo every single thing all of these ladies have said um i think i've experienced it a little bit in my life um even back before i I met jake i was feeling a call and, and decided to go to seminary, not necessarily knowing what it would look like for me and didn't know, um, you know, was saying, okay, Lord, I'll do this. And if I'm going to go on the field one day single, then I will, if that's what you have for me. Um, but at seminary, I met Jake. And so, um, all of the things that they were talking about in regards to just, um, 
giving up things, saying goodbye to family, um, I've, you know, all of those things I think we all struggle with, but as court was saying to you in the moment, it seems like this big deal (laughs) and it is, but then in retrospect, you're like, Oh, that wasn't really that bad. You know, um, I will say that, um, one of the things, because, um, when we came here to Mexico, you know, Jake and I had been discussing where we were going to go and what had for us got, what God had for us. And we weren't necessarily in disagreement, but we just really wanted to be unified. And so I would say that we had to kind of, um, dedicate some time to pray together about the decision to come here. And I would hope that any couple would do that no matter what change they're having in their life, um, life decision that involves especially a move, that you would seek the Lord together so that you're unified in that decision. And so if if you are married and you're not sure about where your spouse is at on this, um, then definitely pray about it and, and ask God, you know, um, because that's something that would definitely need to be um overcome and that you would need to both be unified in the decision to pursue missions or go to a specific place. And so Jake and I just prayed together about coming here to this job. And through that, um, God just made his will, um, clear to us. And so, and so, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Just trusting God to like sanctify you and those things that you just are so overwhelmed by, like even fireworks, like God has sanctified so many things um, in all of our lives. And so our final question as we wrap this episode up is we're just going to go back to your younger missionary self and just what is one thing if you had to go back to your younger self, um, maybe before you're on the mission field, maybe while you were early on the mission field, what is one thing, one piece of advice that you would go back and tell your younger self? I think I would tell my younger self in every aspect of life just to relax a little bit um, and to take things um, one day at a time and to enjoy each moment for what it is. Because I think that a lot of it, especially when you're young and you're thinking, I have to have things all figured out or I have to, you know, be this whatever kind of person um, that um, you just don't realize all that God is doing just in the moment and how he's just growing you and, and doing things in you and through you and the impact that that will have that you're not going to probably, not going to probably see immediately. Um, but looking back, you can see what he's done in you. I can see what he's done in me and, um, and just the, the other, um, people that have been influenced through little things, little daily, um, obedience. And so I would just tell myself to take it one day at a time. Don't feel like you have to have, um, everything in place and everything figured out and everything put together. But, um, yeah, just relax a little bit and trust the Lord. Yeah. Trusting God, even in like those logistical concerns is sometimes super scary, especially when it's like really easy for us to want to like, like if you've come from college or come from high school or whatever, and you're so used to having, Oh, my life is laid out for the next year. Like that makes things really comfortable. Um, but when you get to the field, sometimes you don't have that luxury. And so just trusting God in those things, that's definitely super good advice. Lydia, what would you say to your younger self? (laughs) Well, when you asked that question, they all made fun of me and laughed because they said the younger self of me was still me because I'm pretty fresh to the mission field. But, (laughs) Um, just thinking back of how the Lord's grown me over the last year and a half, 
here? Yeah, because I was a hands-on student with this team, went back to the States and came back as a journeyman. Um, I would just say, trust the Lord. They're like, that's what everybody says. But trust the Lord and just know that he's always faithful. Like every single step, he's faithful. Something I've learned or observed and he's taught me is that a lot of times his timing is never late, but it's also never early. And so it's like just perfect timing according to his will that he reveals the next step, that he gives you grace for that moment, grace for that day, strength for the next task. Like he gives it in the perfect timing, normally timing where we're probably freaking out because we're like, okay, God, like, I don't know where you're at. What are we doing? Like, how are we supposed to do this? But he's there and he's faithful and he gives grace and he'll sustain you and he'll be enough for you. Yeah, that's great. Like finding that faithfulness from God and like the little tiny things that you see every day, like like th- when you got in a car wreck and all of your eggs were fine, like <laughs> God's faithfulness and like silly little things like that can just provide us with enough to get through the day. And sometimes that's just what you need. So Olivia, what is one thing you would say to your younger self? Yeah. So thinking back to... Um, just my first opportunity to serve long, longer term overseas. Um, and even some of my, um, uh, like week long, you know, mission trips, I had several throughout college. And so I just think the boldness to go, um, I don't want to say alone because you're not alone, but like, I remember, you know, not all of my friends wanted to go on these mission trips or they didn't want to spend their money on that. They wanted to do something else. And, um, you know, like their spring break was going to be something different or their summer was something different and just how God kept putting those things before me. Um, and so being bold back then, um, to go, even though maybe others weren't going with me. Um, and then even thinking of the first term that I served through my church, um, I think I would go back and tell myself like how neat of an experience I would have, um, doing it in a way that I wasn't just thrilled about. I wasn't expecting because I was agreeing to go, um, by myself and serve alongside a family. Um, but just through that experience, seeing how God provided so many friends and um, co-workers who became family um, and even roommates over the years. I think I've had pretty close to about 30 roommates in my lifetime, more roommates than I have lived. Um, But all of it has been um, such a sanctifying and growing um, experience and just something, again, I wouldn't have planned or I wouldn't have, um, chosen for myself. And I can remember standing on stage and, you know, trying to encourage other people to come join me. So that way I wasn't the only, um, single going out, but yeah, I'd say going back and, um, and saying to myself, you know, the, the best is yet to come, I guess, like trusting that God was going to provide people and helpers and friendships and, Um, wonderful teammates and and just all of these relationships that um, now I treasure and I get to reflect upon them. Yeah, I totally agree. I had like an experience where I was going to get to go on a mission trip 
and it was going to be with like a bunch of my friends. And then my mom was like, Hey, like I genuinely think you should like reconsider this. And it was on the day of signups. And I was like, Oh gosh. And it ended up being one of the greatest like life experiences I've had. So yeah. So opening yourself up to like maybe not being with your friends or maybe like, yeah, spending your spring break. Like that is such, such a good point. Laura, what would you go and tell your younger self? Well, Court, I, I did want to say you mentioned the eggs in the car wreck, <clears throat> and um, I, I thought it was so funny. It, it hit me. The irony of, of that situation was we were in that wreck because we were out to go buy those eggs, and praise God that they were all, and, and let me tell you, they were delicious. So, you know, whatever accidents that, that we, we get ourselves into, the Lord is faithful in those, and we, we praise God, we had, had those eggs. Um so this is really hard because um, everything I've tried to think of to say to my my younger self is stuff I probably need to be saying to my older self, and and I can't think of anything that that doesn't apply to my current self and um, my current older self. So uh, anyway, this is a really good exercise, and um, I have waited through all three people to try to think of something else, but I can't. So my current self needs to hear this too. Um, but um, we we talk to our kids a lot about uh, when Emma and Allison, uh, this is golden ticket parenting tool right here, Luke 16.10, um, those who can be faithful in little can be found faithful in much. And I used to tell that to Emily and Allison when they were six years old and beyond, and we still talk about it to, to Joy and Jonathan. I used to say, Joy, Emily and Allison, y'all have Barbies. All, my little ponies are all over this floor. If y'all want a tablet someday, you're going to have to be faithful with these My Little Ponies because if you're going to leave a tablet on the floor then, you're not going to, it's not going to make it. Um, and that, once once that came out of my mouth that day, I thought, oh, that is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it has been. I mean, they have learned time and time to be faithful in the little. And for me, um, I was thinking about this, and, you know, I thought, you know, praise God that he has us that we don't have the huge decision to make early on. Praise God that he has those little moments. We just have to be faithful in these little moments. There are big moments, and we have to make big turning point decisions. But praise God that that it's not all the time. Praise God that that we have small breadcrumbs, small yeses along the way to lead us up to those bigger yeses that sanctify us to where we can say yes to things. Um, So I think for me... um, I think about my former self and how um, one of the things I I look back and I think I worried and I I mean this is again I need to say this to my current self but I I would worry a lot about um, what people what people thought um, and what people would maybe say and whether they said it or thought it it didn't matter Um, and um, so I think something specific I think if I could go back and believe that and tell myself that I think I'd be a different person. I think I'd be a different missionary. I think I'd be a bolder missionary. I think I'd be more bold in going up to someone and sharing Jesus with them. And I think um, I think other people's lives would be would be better if I was more more um, bold in that in my life too. Again, those little moments of being faithful in the little. Um, and I agree with with all of y'all. But um, I liked what Dodie said about taking one day at a time. Um, you don't have to know everything. Praise God that we don't have to know everything and then make a decision based on all of those things. Praise God that we only have to be faithful in those little moments. Um, 
So yeah, for me, I think I would uh, say that to myself even today. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really encouraging. Yeah. So it sounds like as we close up the podcast, our main advice that we've had through all these is make those tiny faith-based decisions every single day um, and God will put you where you need to go. And then if you're listening to this and you have a short-term mission trip coming up and you're not sure about it, it sounds like you need to sign up for that because that's what everyone has said today. So we just want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Maybe there will be episodes in the future, maybe far out, but this is going to be our last episode wrapping up the podcast. So we just wanted to thank you guys for listening and tuning in weekly. And if you haven't listened to all the podcasts, they're all great. So go back and listen to all of them on Spotify or whatever app you're on right now. And ultimately, thank you for praying with us. And um, thank you for giving to Lottie Moon because that's been super helpful this year in our ministry tools. So thank you for listening and we won't see you guys next week.